Shalom Aleichem to everybody. Again, it's a pleasure to be able to share some divrei uh, Torah and on this podcast. And as we have tried our utmost in our um, Gedolim series to try to speak about many of the Gedolim that I was zochet to have a personal relationship with, I always try to bring out the the human side of. Um, of who these great Gedolim were, and I felt that this week on J Foundations uh, we should uh, zero in on the uh, great Gain and the Rosh Kol Vnei HaGoyla, Rev Yosef Shalom El Yashiv Zeichetzalik Levracha, who was really considered from the great postkim of our generation and the great Gedolim of our generation. It happens to be that this week is his 10th yard site. It's hard to believe that Rav Yashiv that's on with Nifter 10 years ago, which really makes him, um, uh, you know, if he would have been alive today, you know, he, he, uh, he would have been 112, 113 years old. He lived to 102, 103. And his life was a life from the time he was young until he was Nifter. It was just one continuous um, song of Tyra. From the time he was a young boy, he was born not in Eretz Yisrael. He was born in in in, in Shavel, which is a town in Lita. His name wasn't Revel Yashiv when he was born. His real name was Levinson. His father was of Avram Levinson. His mother was the daughter of the great Mekubal, the Litvish Mekubal, the Leshem, Shlomo El Yashiv who they wrote a famous sefer called the Leshem, and was known already in Europe to be from the Mukubalim Hagadolim. They say that when the Beni Shchai receives the sefer of the Leshem, he declared a yontif and he put on a big, uh, big day, uh, yont- big day Shabbos, a big yontif, made a whole day of Suda. And the Chafetz Chaim used to say about uh, the lesson that we will only be able to see a glimpse of him. We, we, we got a glimpse of him in this world, but in the next world, he's going to be in a whole different mechitza, and he's going to be in a whole different level. And Rav Yashiv himself said over the story, you know, just give a little bit of a background where Rav Yashiv came from, that when the lesson was nifter, you know, let's, let's think, you know, who was the, you know, the lesson, Rav Yashiv, uh, you know, we spoke, previously we spoke about Rav Yashiv, Chaim Kanievsky, you know, who was Rav Yashiv's father-in-law? Rav Yashiv's father-in-law was Rav Aryeh Levin, the Tzadik Yerushalayim, who was a Talmud Chover of the, of the Leshem. When the Leshem came, so he used to, he was very, very close to them, could be known from Europe as well. So we're really talking about great families. The reason why they changed his name is that it seems Rav Kuk, Zatzal, they needed to get visas, and for some reason, he said that they should, they wanted to get they wanted to come together with the grandfather. He said, instead of having different names, everyone should take upon himself the name of El Yashiv, which was Rav Shalim El Yashiv's name. And that's why they all came. Rav Yashiv came, he was a young boy. I think he came around this bar mitzvah, came to Eretz Yisrael. And uh, they lived in Yushalayim. If I'm not mistaken, they lived in, already in Meir Sharim. Later on, we know that he lived in Rechov Chana, Rechov Chana, and Rav Yashiv was, uh, uh, he was, he was known to be the Masmid, he was known to be the Shaktan, tremendous, tremendous 
dedication to the learning of Torah. And he had a, such a sweet, sweet, uh, when I say sweet song of Torah, it's really beyond, I was able to hear it a few times when he would literally would be learning. You know, his day would start at 2.30 in the morning. He'd never get three hours of sleep. And at ready 2.30 in the morning, you ready would hear his singing of the Gemara. He loved the Gemara. He loved it. And, uh, you know, sometimes one of the grandsons said that uh, he once came in and he had a shyly to ask. But his father, his, his grandfather was, was learning the Torah. They want to be mafsig. So his grandmother, the Rebbeson the Yash, said, if you're not going to disturb me, he's not going to stop. He's, he's shikr for it. And when he said he went to shikr, it wasn't like making fun. He said, he was really connected so much to the Torah. So Rav Yashiv was a shakt and he was a masmid. He came from great, great stock. Um, he, um, he had a bracha from the Chofetz Chaim. He said when he was five years old, it's, his father and his grandfather took him to the Rav took him to the Chofetz Chaim. The Chofetz Chaim gave him a big bracha. And he said that the, the bracha is that he should be like his grandparents, he should be like his grandfather, uh, the Leshem. And he had another grandfather who was also a big guy in Vitzadik. And Rav Yashiv said over that, oh, that uh, the Chafetz Chaim knew how to give brachas. He knew how to give a bracha. That, those were great brachas. He said, but whenever you get a bracha from a gadol, he said, a bracha is not enough. You have, to, you have to put your time in. And someone once asked him, how do you become a gadol adar? He says, three ingredients. Wow, what are the three ingredients to become a gadol adar? Learning, learning, and not learning. Learn, learn, and learn more. <laughs> That's how you become a gadol. And Rav Yashiv was Mekayimit. Rav Yashiv did that. And um, he became, he became, he really was not, in many, many areas, he was not the classic, as we would say, the classic Gadol. When I say not the classic Gadol, he was a classic Gadol. But in the, the normal nuance of most of the Gadolim that we know, they, most of them had positions. They were Rosh Hashivas, they were Rabbanim, uh, they ran different, you know, you'll call them organizations. Rav Yashiv was not like that. Rav Yashiv, he was a Rav, but he didn't have a, he didn't have a shul, even though he was considered the Rav of Tiferes Bachurim, which was started by his father. But he wasn't really considered the classical Rav. He, uh, he gave shir at night to Balabatim. His father felt in Yerushalayim people that had to go to work, and they didn't have an opportunity to sit and learn. So before MDY days, before Dafayami days, Tiferes Bachurim was a place where people would come at the end of the day, and Rav Yashiv's father gave shiurim for them, and then Rav Yashiv gave shiurim after his father, after his father was nifter. And that shir continued for many, many years, even to the days later on when he moved out of the shul and he moved to the caravan close to his house. It was still called the basic. It was still called the base medrash of Tiferes Bachurim. Later on, when he had the caravan, he already became like already. He was the, it was the caravan was where he next to his house in the minyan where he davened. Automatically, for sure, he was the rub there. But he wasn't. He didn't. He never. He never was a considered a rub. He wasn't a rosh hashiva. His shiurim that he gave didn't necessarily show his brilliance because he really tailored made his shiur for balabatim. And he was very careful. He was, you know, he, he, he stuck to the daf, stuck to the pshat. 
we know that he was a Goyen Adi. I heard that Ribero Salavechik, the son of the Briskerov, who was a classic uh, Brisker Lamdin, and in Kachim especially, he once had a difficulty in a Shaila, in, in Pshat and the Gemara, and he is someone who was a Makur to Rav Yashiv, of Yashiv Pshat, and Rav Yashiv gave out a tremendous terror and Ribero Salavechik was like Nespo, wow. He said it over to his father, he said it over to, to the Rav, and the Rav said that, I think the Rav said, that's Mustama from, from Yosef Shalom Yashif. He already knew Rav Yosef Shalom would say such a pshat. So why do I say these things? Rav Yashif was not necessarily the classic Gadol. As we know, the current Rav Baron Cutler was a great Rashiva and a great Gadol. Rav Shach, great Rashiva and a great Gadol. Even Rav Yashif Feinstein, who was a big, great Pesach, but he also was Yashif Yashiva. Shalom Zalman, great Pesach, was Yashif Yashiva. Well, the Yashav sat on the sidelines. He didn't necessarily get the highlights, but uh, everyone came to him. His Torah was so pure and so true, everyone knew when you had a, a, a Shaila, you went to the Yashav. In my day, when I was a Bukhar, and then a younger man, learning in the mirror, going back in the 70s and the 80s, so the Yashav was considered our Rav. We would go to him to ask Shailas, the, the, you know, the Bukharim and Talmidim and the Yungalite, we knew you went to Ravayash. You had hours that you go to his house and he would answer Shilas, and that's what we do. We go to answer Esther Shilas to him. You know, I went to the cave of Ravayashiv today because I'm going to be away on the yard site, so I wanted to go into Daven there. I myself personally had a great relationship, personal relationship that I was to, as I write in the book, that uh, I was able to take him to the castle. The last Mincha of the year for the last Mincha on Erev Rosh Hashanah. And it was a great schus that I had. And I always felt very, very fortunate that I had that opportunity to be able to be close with Rabbi Yashif. And I had an opportunity to ask him personal shilas. And really it was phenomenal. Phenomenal to see the way he understood even the American questions, the American shilas. You know, like, you know, you would imagine how is he going to deal with like a modern Orthodox particular situation. The Torah teaches you everything. He was able to give us the answers to all the different things, all the different issues that came up. There was once a Shiloh. I can't go into detail about it, but we once took a, a, a Talmud to him and we spent over a half hour with him about a particular Shiloh. And the way Rav Yashiv went through all the different Pratim and the way he dealt personally with this Talmud, which really was an amazing, amazing thing. So Rav Yashiv, for all of his tenacity and all of his Shagdanas, but he also was a great, great... Val Chesed. And I want to speak about that in a second. But I want to put this in context, maybe a little bit, just say over two varts from a Vayashiv that I saw brought down in the, in either in the Sefer on Chumash, or I saw it brought down in the articles that are written about him. Ravayashiv, we're holding in the three weeks now. I was thinking one of the ways we can somehow grasp a little bit of what Churban Abayas is, is to recognize how we're bereft from, from the great Sadiqim, the great Gedolim. Every generation has its gedolim and Alman Yisrael, and we know that we have gedolim till today. But as we take a look, as the great gedolim of the past have left us, including Rav Yashiv, we feel the loss. We feel really what's missing, and maybe that can help us a little bit to understand how we can connect to the feeling about the loss of the Beis Hamikdash. You know, a very very hard thing. How do we tap into that concept of Avelus? During these days, we're going to get into Rosh Chodesh Menachem of this Friday. So we know that the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. 
how do we somehow uh, elevate ourselves and how do we connect to the loss of the Vesa Mignish? One word Rav Yashu says, he says, we say, David HaMelech says in the morning, Mizmar Shir Chanukah Sabayis L'David. It's a Shir, it's a Mizmar for the establishment, the consecration of the Beis HaMikdash. Dovin HaMelech says this. And what does he say? I remember Hashem Kidil Yisani. He says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu raised me up because I'm poor. My enemies should not be happy. And then it says, Hashem Elokoi, Hashem my God, Shivati Elecha, save me, Vatir Pa'eni, and you should heal me. Hashem Elisim and Sha'ol Nafshi, HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved me from the, from the grave. Give me life from the Yor Divor. Zamil Hashem Chasidim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives mirrors to the Chasidim, and the truth is like this, the, the, the Mizmar, is, it starts out with like Mizmar, Shir, Chanuk Zabayz Ladovit. Then it starts speaking about all kinds of sad things, Hashem save me from this, save me from that. And we know that this is the Mizmar that Dovid HaMelech said that should be used by the consecration of the Beis Hamikdash. In fact, when you're supposed to establish a different part of the Beis Hamikdash, you're supposed to say this particular tilim of Ramim Hashem Kidli Shani. It's one of the halachas that's brought down in the Rambam. So the Rav Yashiv Zatzal says that really what we see, see Dovid HaMelech did not have the Beis Hamikdash in his days. Didn't have the Beis Hamikdash. And he was pining for the base of English. He was hoping to get the base of English. What did he have? He had the Aaron Kodesh in his days. You shall lie in the head. They, they brought, they had Mizbeach Begivain. They had a place to bring, to bring sacrifices. What was missing? What was missing was the base of English. And Davin Amelech felt the loss. He said, Miz Meshach Nuxabais. He says, I remember Hashem Kidli Sunday. Raise me up because I'm, I'm poor. We haven't yet reached the, the, the level of what of what the Beis Hamikdash is, chisani It's almost like it's death, because David and Melech truly understood what spirituality is, what ruchnius is. You know, I was saying over. I had a group of Bali Chuva uh, at my house on Shabbos. Really, people that came from really no background at all. They just came out for a few weeks on a step program in Mechon Shlomo, where the Rebbetzin is the cook. And I was speaking to him a little bit about, you know, the, all the farm in our house and the great rabbis on the wall. And I spoke about Rufa Yashiv as being one of them. And, you know, really, for these, for these freshly new recruits to Yiddishkeit, it's, it's, it's like a whole new opening. You know, it's really like a whole new concept. You know, what do they know? They know sports. They know music. They know business. They know what's so-called success in the world. But they have a connection to a real deep, deep-set relationship with the Rabbani Shalom, with, um, with an understanding that the whole purpose of the world is really to get closer to the Rabbani Shalom, to get closer to the Rabbani Shalom. Davon HaMelech understood that. Davon HaMelech understood what it means, be closer to the Rabbani Shalom. He says, I'm missing out, I don't have the base of English. I won't have the base of English. When we reflect upon the loss of Rebbe Yashiv Zetzal and all the Gedong that, that were in our lives and weren't in, in our lives even past, but we reflect upon the fact that they connected us to Kedusha. They connected us to the, to the Neshama, the way it's supposed to be. We saw these people, and we saw the way a person is really supposed to live. Not the, the, the fake news. You know, people that they on the outside, they might look very handsome, they look put together, they might even speak well, politicians. 
the kings and queens of the, of the world, but we know deep down inside of them how corrupt they are and how they're missing on all level of morality. We take a look at Argadol, we take a look at Rav Yashif. Ah, what morality is, what, what, what a mila of a person is, ah, that's what we're missing, and that all emanated from the Kedush of the Vesemigdash. Rav Yashif says, you know, a certain city, developed city, you know, like a new, like a modern city. So what do you do? They want to show how cultured they are. So in the old days, how would they show how cultured they are? They would bring a very famous philosopher, and the philosopher would start speaking about all kinds of philosophy and insights into the philosophical decisions and how everything is, you know, bringing out all the different points of his great mind. So who went to hear his drusha, so to speak? People that had a philosophical mind, very, very bright people. But the regular people, the guys that were running around trying to make a buck, yeah, to put food on the table, they didn't have time to hear philosophy. They didn't have time to hear philosophy. Then you had a different type of, uh, like a convention. You had a, <laughs> we call it a convention. There was like a medical convention. They brought the biggest doctors. And the doctors that found all the new insights, <clears throat> a new vaccine for, uh, for COVID, a new vaccine for monkeypox. Yeah, <laughs> the latest in the craze of all the different uh, endeavors that are going on in the world. And so who would come to hear the lectures? Again, the doctors, the medical people who understood what medicine is all about. Oh, we understand the Chachma. But the regular Hamaynam, they couldn't understand it. They could not understand that they didn't go to those lectures. But what happens if you brought a world-class musician, musician, you know, that everyone really loves, then everyone came running because everyone wants to hear the song. Song is something which everyone can connect to. The Nigun, as you always say, it's like Nagea Nun. It's Nagea to the levels of 50. It's Nagea to the Neshama. The Neshama swells up good music, good Nigunim. I'm a little bit of a, you know, a Nigun, a nigun Machers. So I know what the Kayach of a Nigun is. Music, everyone gets it. Everyone gets it. It's, the, it's the language of the world. Zakhtar Valyashev. Ah, Maridik, Maridik, Maridik. Valyashev says that we know that the true Nigun is the Shira of the Torah. The, sh- the Torah is called Shira. Yeah, it's called Shira. And um, yeah, it's going to be an exact posting. He says that it's, it's, it's really in the end of Devarim. The end of Devarim, the, um, the Pasuk says that, that we, Asim is Shira Befihem. We're going to place the Shira into their, into their mouths. Anyone that heard Rav Yashiv Zatzal's Shira heard his nigan. Yeah, I just tell you, yeah, that people would run to hear it. And this is the Shira of the Torah. The Torah is what fills every single person's life and every single person's soul. And that's something when we, when we think about and reflect upon the greatness of this Shaktan, of this great Masmed, of this great Godel Yisrael, we realize what kind of Shira he brought to the world and what we can do to somehow enact, reenact that Shira in our lives. Um, you know, I was, as I said before, Revel Yash used to learn very early in the morning. I heard that the Ger Rebbe, the Beis Yisrael, would walk early in the morning together with one of his chassidim. He wanted to go and hear the Nigan of Revel Yashiv 
singing the singing uh, the Torah. Rav Yasef had a neighbor, and the neighbor used to hear Rav Yasef very early in the morning. So first of all, he refused. When in the days, in those days, people didn't have air conditioning. Then air conditioning started being put in. He refused. Told his wife, I, I, "He can't put an air conditioning into the house because we'll be sleeping. The air conditioning will be on. So first of all, it might disturb Rav Yasef's concentration because the house is a very, very small over there. And also, I'll miss out on listening to Rav Yasef's shira." So he wouldn't, he wouldn't let him do it. One time he fell down. He was in tremendous pain. He, he broke something. And he, supposedly he stayed there for a few hours. He didn't want to disturb that his wife would call Hatzalah and bring a, an ambulance because it would stop Rav Yashif's shira. Now these are tremendous madrega from Rav Yashif's neighbor. He must have been a big tzaddik in his own right. But we see what the level of shira. Rav Yashif, if you're asking me, how do we define Rav Yashif's godless he was the biggest. He was one of the biggest singers of the Torah in the world, and at the same time that he was such a masvid, he was also a tremendous baal chesed. I myself was zochet to see it in my own relationship with him when I would take him every single time after I would bring him back from the kaisel. Always give me a yashukayach, and it always would be like a a nice you know a nice smile whenever I would come in. I remember his einukol would always say, "Oh." The Balachazaka is here. He used to call Rev Lift the Balachazaka. He always used to give a big smile. But I heard I saw a great Misa of Rishabbos that Rav Yashiv, uh, you know, he had times when he would answer Shaivas. Now, the times when he answered Shaivas, you know, probably an hour and a half a day. Um, sometimes it was midday, sometimes it was later in the day, depending on different tukufas in his life. And then supposedly after he got sick and he had a heart operation in his early 90s, and it was successful, supposedly add on more hours, because he felt that he owed a debt to the Klal Yusuf that had davened for him. So he, um, he, uh, he added on even more hours. So Rav Yashiv, um, once there was a siren, a person was by him during the appointed hours, and when you came to Rav Yashiv, he asked Meshayla, it was like you went to a professor, Lahavdu. He asked Meshayla, he got an answer. He had another Shaila to ask, he would, he would answer the Shaila. But as soon as he got the answer, if you were finished, then you knew you had to leave. And what happened was, Rav Yashiv, that was, it was concise because his time was important. And the purpose of his giving of his time was enabled to be able to give over the Pesach Aloha to people. One time, there was a person that was sitting by him, and all of a sudden, the, 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 mili- the military sirens went off, which meant that there was a, either a bomb threat, maybe it was the days when there was question during the 91. I don't know exactly when it was, when there was a question about the chemical warfare, chemical missiles coming in. So, Revel Yashiv, it, when the sirens went off, all of a sudden he turned to the person and he started saying to him, where do you live? He lives over here. He said, How many children do you have? How many children do you have? What do you, what do, you do for a living? What panasa do you do? Tell me a little bit about your family. All of a sudden he started speaking to him like palsy wowsies. So the, the Meshpacha asked Rav Yashav afterwards, what's he read? The, 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 it, it wasn't his Nusach. That wasn't the Nusach of Yashav. Yashav was very much, he was the Rav, he was the Pesach. With his family, he always had a relationship, but, and he had humor, but um, what was going on over here? So they, he said over, he said like this, he says, when a person comes to me, I tell him the Dvar Hashem. The Dvar Hashem is what has to be said. That's when a person comes during the time. That's where they're coming for. And I'm obligated to giving out the Dvar Hashem. 
And there's other people in line, they have to come. But what happened was that in this particular instance, all of a sudden, he changed his din from being a shayo to being an areach. Because now he can't leave. He can't go out. So now it has to be machnasar after achnasar. Achnasar is a different din. Achnasar, you have to ask a person, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Make him feel good, especially when the siren's off. Make him feel comfortable. So Rabbi Yashiv had the uncanny ability to be able to change from being the Pesach to the Balchesed in one shot. And that was a godless a, a godless cook. Um, I was, you know, I saw a vart that we said over uh, in the in the um, in the Erev Shabbos podcast from Rav Sternbach to Shabika Zutenstark that in last week's parish in Parish's Matos, it speaks about that Hakadosh Baruch tells Moshe Rabbeinu Daber al Rashi Amatos v'zehadover. This is the dover. And Rashi Vidir comments that usually the language which is used by the Nevi'im is koi. Now here you use the Lashon of zeh. And Rashi explains it. Rashi says zeh and koi. Rashi says that um, all the other uh, Nevi'im, HaKadosh Baruch revealed himself koi. Koi means it's like. Zeh means it's exact. And that was dafka by Moshe Rabbeinu. And we said over the Mepharshim say that the difference between the Nevu'ah of Moshe and the other Nevi'im, the other Nevi'im, they only had Nevu'ah Baspaklar Yesha'ein of Ira. It was, wasn't a revelation which was clear. It was always like a, a hidden secret. There was a vision, there was a bird, there was a plane, there was something that you had to reveal, and you had to understand it. But Moshe Rabbein was Per Per Adabra, but Moshe Rabbein had a clear connection. Everything was crystal clear. So therefore, that's why over here it says Zehadabra. By Moshe Rabbeinu, you knew this is exactly what the Rabbani Shalom is saying. And the Noyim Elimelech says over that there's two different types of G'daylam. There's some G'daylam, it's Kayamarish. It This is Mestama what the Rabbani Shalom wants. And we have a Munas Chachamim, what do we do? We, we, uh, we accept that the Gadol knows what he's saying, or the Tzaddik knows what he's saying. We have a, what's called a Munas Chachamim. Every once in a while we have a Gadol it's not conversion. Zehadavah. This is what it is. It's the shechina is medaberis mitalgaran. It's you know exactly what it's supposed to be. And to a certain extent, Rav Yashiv was from those gedolim. When he said something, there was no ifs and buts. You knew you were getting exactly what it said, according to the halacha. This is what the devar Hashem is. Famous master we said over that Rabbi Yisrael Salata said that. The Misnagdim got it wrong and, and the Hasidim got it wrong. They made a mistake and they made a mistake. The Misnagdim got it wrong that they say that we don't need a Rebbe. <laughs> they, you know, the Litvakers, you know, everything is, uh, I know best. You know, the Yeshiva Bach, uh, we know better. We know better than the Rashivas. We know better than everybody. We know best. The Hasidim, they think that they have a Rebbe. What does that mean? So Sturmach Shlita says that, the, the, like we said before, the, the misnagdim, they feel I can be over Hashem in my own avoider. That's really the derech of, of the you know the litvaks. You know what I mean? That's yeah. You learn the shulchan aruch, you learn the halachas, you know everything is going on. Everything will be gavaldi. You don't have to go to, to to a person to get to get hadracha. We know it's not like that. We know you have to go. Every person has to have a rebbe. Every person has to go to yishal eitzuzu. The chassidim they think that they have a rebbe, which means like this. 
as long as I'm part of this group of Hasidus, you know, I'm a vision servant, I'm a gerer, I'm a lababacher, listen to that. As long as I'm part of the community, the, the, the group, everything is all right. That's not what it's all about. If you're part of the group, it's going to be because you have a Rebbe. And the Rebbe, you have to be shoyal eitzer from him. You have to follow exactly what the Rebbe says. When a person says, I have a Rebbe, and he doesn't really have the Rebbe, he's not really following what the Rebbe says. He's not really looking to what the Rebbe, how does the Rebbe act? And going, asking him the eitzer. That's not real chassidus. Rav Yashiv was from those people. It was Zehadov. You knew when you went to him, you were Shoyal Eitzah, you knew whatever he said was Mamish. It was Shechinim Edaberis Mitoch Gerainai. And I want to, you know, just add, you know, add on one thing, and that's the way we'll, 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 we'll try to sum up. It's a short version. It really doesn't give necessarily the right, um, the right analysis completely to Rav Yashiv, but. You know, Rav Yashiv, he didn't run a kehila. He was a dying on a bezin, but he wasn't, he wasn't, a, a, you know, the paisik of the shul. He was a yachid, but he was a yachid that would, whatever he could do for the rabbin, he ended up doing. His psak was accepted by all, especially in the area of Shemitah. We want to mention the trust of the end of Shemitah. There's still people that need help with the Shemitah. The farmers need help with the Shemitah, right, Yisrael? Right? The farmers need help with the Shemitah. Anyone that can help support the Rav Yashiv was Mamish Moisim Nefesh for it. And I think in context, when we take a look 10 years later after Rav Yashiv was Nifter, we see how bereft we are, and really to a certain extent, you know, it's the Churban Beis Hamigdash, to a certain extent, when the Tzadikim are taken away, so much like Shreifas Beis Elokeinu. So what we want to say is, we want to, we want to dive into Hashem that, uh, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should Listen to our tefillahs. I went to the caver today. Other people will start going on the yard site. It's a big thing. We know Yashiv was very much, he, um, he cared about Kla Yisrael in a tremendous way. His Levaya was very interesting. It was at nighttime. And I remember it till today, you know, there were 300 to 400,000 people in the streets of Yerushalayim being him, And it ended up that the Kvura ended up being at around 2.30 in the morning. And someone said over an amazing thing. It's very interesting. He was Nikvar at 2.30 in the morning, which meant he went up to the Bezun Shomala and he started his morning Seder, which is he always started at 2.30 in the morning. So we want to give a bracha to everybody that we should be Zoichem Yitz Hashem as we mask this great tzaddik. Rav Yashiv should be a Melitz Yashiv for us, for all of Klai Yisrael. We should be Zoichem Yitz Hashem to the Binyan Beis Amignosh. Meherav Yameinu, Amen, Vamein. Wishing everyone a wonderful day. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it'd be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.